Good morning, everyone. What a morning it is. Uh, you might not be listening to this in the morning, but we are recording this the morning of January 1st, 2021. Uh, for most of us, the new year. It's not the new year on God's calendar, but that's okay. We can still record on this day. That doesn't matter. Brad, you got any introductory greetings for anyone? I'll just say, happy new years and uh I, I this is technically i already did an introduction in your genesis study but basically what the point i was trying to make there was to a lot of people 2020 wasn't so great uh, a lot of people had a lot of fear in 2020 and i was just trying to make a connection that god uh you you had made you, you we overcame 2020 uh, a lot of people thought that was impossible, but as always, God has proven that he is the God of the impossible as well as the possible. So happy 2021. Let's uh, hope and pray that we start this year out on a different foot. And on that note, I'm going to change things up a little bit. Uh, even before the introduction, let's start things off. Very first thing with a prayer. Brad, could you lead us in that before we even hit our opening credits? Sure thing. Yahweh, you are the God of the new. You yourself have stated that you do new things. And when you do new things, wow, is it awesome for us. Hallelujah. So Lord God, as we enter this 2021 I look forward to the new things that you're going to do, to the new things that we will clearly see and the new things that we won't because there are some things that we just don't get to see yet. But I want to thank you for the things that we see and I want to thank you for the things that we don't see, for the blessings that are clear and the blessings that we're not sure of. I want to thank you for all of it. Yahweh, Lord God, we know we know that you are the God of the impossible, that you can make possible good things from bad situations. And to the vast majority of people in the world, 2020 was not a good thing. So Lord God, I ask that you bring good from that bad for them so that they can see you and know you and have that relationship that we all all need to have with that relationship we need to have with you here at not about us the hope and the prayer is that scott and i can continue this but only if it's truly about you and only if it's bringing you glory you can bring your own glory from this so lord god i ask that you do i ask that this podcast serve as the tool that helps bring others into a better closer relationship with you as it's been mentioned we're nobodies and we're just trying to show others that they can be a nobody too but still learn about your love and still understand you and what that love means for them here's to 2021 here's to a year of having a stronger relationship with the best, most amazing, loving God, the God that we don't deserve. We give you honor, glory, love, respect, even the minuscule amount that we can. 
Amen. Amen. And with that, this is Scott. And this is Brad. And this is definitely not about us. Okay, so what do you want to talk about, Brad? <laughs> oh, right off the bat. I was actually... You want me to start? I don't know. I just... Well, no, if you have something to start with, go for it. I was trying to find an email because something happened recently on in my Israel 365 news that I thought was interesting and I wanted to share. But you, if you have something to go with, go for it. Oh, I don't know. I got a lot of... Um... I guess I'll just start by saying, you know, everyone's talking about how, oh, thank goodness, 2020 is over. Let's let's get going. Hopefully it's better. Uh, I have a lot of trepidation uh, about this. I'm going to admit to you, uh, I, I don't see, you know, now I hope things get better. I hope, I hope I'm wrong, but I see we're in a, a downward spiral at this point, uh, so, I don't know. I, I'm i trying to keep an eye on the horizon and see what's coming. And I'm hearing news about a newer, more deadly coronavirus strain on the horizon. Um, I see the... Uh, right now, it's January 1st. Uh, there, there's some hope that this could all be corrected and turned around. But in the United States of America right now, uh, it looks... Uh, it still looks like the election has successfully been stolen and uh, fraud and corruption have won the day and everyone in power is going along with it and trying to rewrite the narrative that it's good and and that uh, what is actually good is evil. And I, I, I got to tell you, for me and my, for me and myself, I've recently come to a place, I don't want this to sound like I've given up because it's not it, but I've, I feel better because for a while I was kind of, I, w- I was trying to be a good watchman and see what's coming, but I think I was getting a little worried, uh, I guess is the best word, about everything going wrong and trying my best to keep every all of my loved ones and and everyone that I cared about uh, trying to get them to wake up and see what was coming when I saw when I thought that several people were actively ignoring it or or willingly going along and I guess I just have felt in my prayer lately that God has told me that's not your responsibility. Now, it's not to say I, I shouldn't be a watchman and I shouldn't be advising of what's coming when I see it coming, but everyone else's hearts are not my responsibility. And I just felt, I, I felt a peace. I, I felt like God said, your responsibility is to draw as close to me as possible and to listen to me as closely as possible. That's your responsibility. That's what I'm calling you to do. 
and I've kind of come to a place of bad things are going to happen and I can't stop it. Uh, I can't keep everyone in the world safe. It's not my destiny. It's not my place. And again, I don't want this to sound like I give up. I'm just surrendering, hiding in my hole. That's not it. But there is a peace that came with that. It's just a God comforting me saying, I've got you for one purpose. You go ahead and focus on that. And, and that's where I'm going to move forward on. Uh, I'm going to, well, I'm going to move forward from there. So here's my thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> I, I have, I've mentioned this to my family uh, a lot lately. 2020 to me, I almost feel guilty because of this, because 2020 for me was actually a great year. Mm-hmm. It was actually, for me, it was absolutely uh, wonderful. I married, uh, I married the girl of my dreams. Uh, we bought a house that is a beautiful house. We um, have cemented ourselves and, and, and now we're working on creating our little family. And, and it's just, to me, 2020 was a, a fantastic year. I started a new job that has allowed me to be a better provider financially for my family. I mean, just there was there was a lot of just great things that happened to me personally in 2020. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard for me to then. Um, I watch YouTube videos from people from all around the world, and and everyone everyone is in agreement that 2020 uh, was terrible and it was devastating and it was horrible and and it's a trash year and we're glad that it's over and and so it's it's really hard for me to be on one end going but this was a great year for me mm-hmm. you know I, as this is one of the best years of my life when when i review things um but the majority of the world will think of it as a terrible year <laughs> um so th- th- there's a little bit of irony to that but that also makes me wonder then scott i used to wonder this about you um, when I first knew you, it seemed like from my perspective that good things happened to you. Um, you got, you got angry patients calling in, but you were able to turn them around. Um, I'd have angry patients call in and I was not able to turn them around. And instead it turned into a bigger issue. Like to me, it just always felt like I could see in a way I could see that you were protected yeah, I see that. I get that. And and I and I said to myself, I want that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. w- what does he have that I don't have? And this is this is the early days before I knew you knew you as well as I do now. But uh I I then discovered what it was. It's just you know, when you're a faithful obedient soldier and you're doing what you're right, your life is blessed. Yeah. Um and back then I wanted that, but I don't want to be I don't want to be on this podcast going look how great I am because of this but but I feel like I have gotten to that point where even in some of the very very worst things that are going on in the world mm-hmm. I still have a blessed life. Yes. And I th- I think ultimately the reason that I can say that is because I also acknowledge the fact that I also experienced tribulation this year. But to me it just wasn't that big of a deal because I have a, such a strong foundational relationship with God. 
Yeah, no, there's definitely a point to be made there that I think God's people, no matter what's coming, God's people are going to be blessed in the middle of it. The people who are chasing God are still going to see success. And you're right, in the middle of all this, I have tremendous success and I have tremendous, I, my, my wife and I never lost a day of work. You know, every, when all of the shutdowns and everything going on, we were, we never stopped working. She works in financial industry. I work in, uh, I work in a clinic. So in medical, you know, industry. So we never shut down. They were always considered vital. I never lost a paycheck. Which is funny because you work for a large medical corporation and that wasn't necessarily the case at every one of their clinics. Some of their clinics, people did have to uh, be yep. furloughed and some people, so you, you, you some s- people had to go to different places in order mm-hmm. to keep working. Yeah. Yep. You didn't have any of that um, where you were. Um, but I firsthand experienced it while working at a different clinic that that was happening to people. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it didn't happen to me. I still stayed where I was and I still got my, um, I still got my 40 hours. I think there was only like um, three weeks total where I didn't quite get 40, but it was still in the thirties. So like, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't devastating to me by any means. Um, but yeah, there were, there were several times where they said, who'd like to go home early? Yeah. That kind of thing. But, but I never, <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> I was never sent home and said, you're on leave for an extended period of time. That kind of thing. Which is, is a scary thought when they don't give you a, a, a time frame. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people didn't have a time frame. They were just told that they were going to be on furlough. Well, how long? You know, that's a scary thought. But I was, I have to admit, I was, um, like I said, I follow a lot of these uh, YouTube videos from people around the world, and and there was a lot of doom and gloom for 2020. But I have to say, I was completely uplifted because I was uh, uh, scrolling through my Facebook uh, feed and one, uh, I won't name her name because I don't have her permission, but um, there's a, a nurse, which already right off the bat, she was a nurse. She was in the midst of some of this terrible COVID stuff, but she had posted a comment that said, I know 2020 hasn't been great for a lot of you, um, but I do want to thank God for some of the blessings that happened to me in 2020. And she listed a bunch of things, the births of grandchildren and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And... I was just, I, that just, that really lifted my spirits because I was seeing so much doom and gloom and it made sense for this person to do it because um, everyone knows that she had a strong relationship with Jesus. So I I just, I just, uh, <laughs> I thank you. I won't say your name just in case I don't have your permission, but, but thank you for that because that was, that was very uplifting when I was reading about all this doom and gloom and how trashy the year was. And I was even feeling a little guilty because I didn't necessarily feel that way. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's how I know I'm, I'm with you. I, I feel like 2020 overall for me personally was a success uh, because things didn't really hit me the way it hit other people. But... Like you said, a lot of that, I'll say all of it, is directly attributable to my faith in Yahweh and saying, I'm going to be yours no matter what. Yeah. And being blessed because of that by him, what hits me and what hurts me is what you've been talking about just now is everybody's talking about doom and gloom. 
when I look into the world, what depresses me so much is recognizing how deceived everyone is and recognizing uh, how the plan of Satan is moving forward and people are falling for it and feeling the burden of all of those lost, hurting souls and just struggling for it and not wanting people to fall into that trap. But that's where I say at the beginning of all of this, basically I feel the freedom. Uh, I feel like God is not telling me I have no responsibility. God is not telling me lay down, go to sleep. You're not wanted anymore. But God has basically laid on my heart that the entire world is not your problem. Your problem, I've given you a particular circle of influence. I've given you a particular task. You are part of the body. You are not the body. And I think it, just that realization has sunk into me. And I have personal success in my life. I have blessings going on in my life. But I look at other people who don't. And I just want to go, you could. Yes. Uh, and, and I hurt for them. And, and, and that's where God has said, you follow me. And on that note, I want to share real quick. I don't know if I've shared. Have I? You, you know my story about uh, walking with God and, and the down arrow? Yeah. yeah you, did, have I shared that here? You, no, you did not share it here. Because um, that was back when we were fairly busy at the clinic and we didn't have a whole lot of time to chat. So you actually typed it up for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I still have it in an email. Oh, you do? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. But I, I want to share that here because this is what I'm talking about. Um, I'll make this as brief as possible. But basically, I'm a gamer. For those of you who don't know, I love video games. There's a lot of video games. And the games that I love the most are the ones that tell a story. The ones that get you involved and you become a character in this thing. Uh, and in these role-playing games, a lot of them involve, uh, in some way, a marker. To say, hey, here's where you go. I want to, uh, you're doing this task. Well, here's where you go. And a lot of them will be a down arrow. And I'm thinking of uh, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim specifically. But it will be like, this is where you want to go. It'll be like a down arrow right here, this spot. And if you're miles away from that spot, it'll be like a down arrow at the door, you know, that you have to cross through to get out to to be able to go that direction that you need to go you know and they'll they'll just be and, and little uh, other games will have like a down arrow kind of in the distance you want to go this way or or an arrow above your head going go that direction something like that and as i'm talking with god i'm on a walk one day just a long walk i like to take these super long walks and as i'm walking i'm praying and I'm just wondering, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Where am I supposed to be? I felt like I had no guidance, no direction. And, and I just tell God, I said, God, I want the down arrow. And, and, and even as I was saying that, I started laughing because it sounded ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, okay, what if I get a down arrow? What if I actually get a down arrow? What is that going to tell me? look down you know i mean what what would a down arrow tell me anyway and i started thinking about how silly it was to even ask for that but something in me went no 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 god 
I want the down arrow. <laughs> I was like, I just want to know what am I supposed to be doing? Just show me. Go here. Do that. That's your goal. That's your whatever. And as I'm walking, there's a lot more that happened as I was praying about and other things I was discussing with God. But I'm walking and I'm, I'm, I'm basically the farthest from my house that I could be. I'm kind of on a loop and I'm, and I'm on the, the farthest extent of that loop and I'm walking and I'm talking and I look up and there is the down arrow. And I'm just going, what? And what it was, it was a sign. It was a traffic sign that had an arrow point. It was supposed to point up and, you know, it was like, go this way for a detour something like that. But the detour was down, uh, and they had folded the sign. In order to keep people from following it unintentionally, they had folded it down. And so, and it was in such a way that it was supposed to be facing the other side of the street, but when they folded it, the top of the sign, which is now at the bottom, is facing me. And none of the sign, the verbiage on the sign was visible, only the arrow. And I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm sitting there thinking consciously, I got a down arrow. Oh my gosh, he gave me a down arrow. And then, then my, I went, well, what do I do with that? <laughs> and then my brain went, you just said, if you get a down arrow, look down. And so as I'm walking, I looked down and the only thing I saw were my feet continuing to walk one foot in front of the other, and God said, that's where you need to be. He said, you need to be, as long as you're walking, as long as you're continuing to walk towards me, that's what I want you to do. And it made me think about the feasts of the Lord and, other, and so many other things in the Bible where God says, you need to be constantly watchful. That, that's, that's God's design through the whole Bible is he doesn't tell you here's step one, two, three, four, and all the way through steps 83 and you will arrive at your destination here. He just tells you step one. Okay, what's next? Well, what's next is you do step one. When you're done with step one, I'll tell you what step two is. So much of the Bible is designed around us maintaining constant communication with God and awareness of God. And, and I think that's, that's what I'm talking about right now. I feel like that's what God has released me to do at this time is just, you know, what have I called you to do today at this moment in time? Well, God, it's this. Then do that. Just do that. Don't worry about the rest of it. If I laid on your heart to do this, whatever that is, then that is all you need to be concerned about. And I'm not saying everyone in the world should be listening to this and think, yeah, that's what I'll do. I, this is just, this is a personal conviction for me. Uh, that's where I feel God is leading me right now. That's cool. I appreciate the God winks. That's what I call those God wink moments where... God direct indirectly says something to you using some other source than uh, just prayer. Like I've mentioned mine with the license plate that told me to be steady and different things like that. But yeah, but I I, I I just love those. They give me goosebumps when I hear of them. 
if uh, if our listeners have ever had any God wink moments or anything like that, oh, I would love it if you shared them with us. But uh, why? why <laughs> it's kind of strange that while you were talking about that, that uh, what I was thinking about was um, was kind of like my own <laughs> my own uh, down arrows and oh yeah and where where have they been in my life? Where did I successfully travel and find the spot that I was looking for that led me to different places? And and if I wanted to, I could I could recreate a map of my life and I can I can see some of them pretty clear. So I just I thought that was pretty cool. Where did I where did I follow the arrow to the goal and get the reward? <laughs> you know. And I like to in a, in a lot of your testimony and what you've told me is is suddenly three years later yeah you look back and it's like you know where is that down arrow that i was oh my goodness there it was (laughs) i've already experienced it a year and a half ago he completed his promise to me he he there there was my down arrow and i i got it and didn't see it i've noticed that the closer my relationship with god i i noticed those things a lot sooner <laughs> than yeah. when I didn't have a closer relationship. But yeah, there were, there, it, it still amazes me that there are times where I prayed for something and sometimes, sometimes I prayed and, and kind of forgot. So like, was it even that important to me? I don't know because if I forgot about it, you know, yeah. but, but sometimes I'll have prayed for something and then I'll think about it a year later and be like, wait, I prayed for that. Wait, he did give it to me, you know. I, so, uh-huh. so that that's why it's like I don't want to lose, I don't want to be forgetful. I don't want to lose uh, sight of the the blessings he does give me. But that's why I mention it frequently because sometimes there are blessings he's giving to me that I don't see, or I or I I've forgotten that I asked for them or whatever it might be, because um, our lives continue on and and we go different directions and and sometimes something that was important then may not be as important as it is in this moment but god still answered it even if i didn't see it right away that's just what's always amazing about it that's awesome yeah i had uh i had an experience um about a week ago with uh with that kind of just wanting god to put me in positions where i could you know, be more effective, that kind of thing. And then, and then he did. And I had a, um, and it became depressing uh, because I was able to share truth with someone and they were just flat out rejecting it. Just upset and angry and refusing it. And, then driving home, uh, my son was in the car and he says, hey, can we put in this podcast uh, I've been listening to? And, and I was depressed. And on the ride home, I'm thinking, what a failure. What, what a failure this was. And the podcast that my son pulls up, it wasn't, wasn't a spiritual one. But the whole theme of the podcast was uh, we need to be bold. We need to understand. We need to step forward uh, with what is right, even when the world is telling us it's wrong. 
in order for things to get to get done. We will suffer persecution. We will uh, take the brunt of the enemy's uh, fire, but that doesn't change the fact that we need to be bold and and push forward with this. Uh, otherwise, we let the enemy win, and that I took it as the spirit. Uh, speaking to me saying, no, 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 you did right. You listened. You were bold when I, you spoke when I told you to speak. The depression I got was from what I was talking to you about earlier. It's like I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders. And when there wasn't the reaction of joy and, oh my goodness, the truth you're telling me is freeing me from, from this and that, and it was antagonistic and, and angry, I got depressed because I hurt for the person. Not because they had hurt me, but because I, I saw truth that they were rejecting. And God, and this is where God was saying, no, that's not on you. That is not on you. That's on me. You did what I wanted you to do. Now I'm working in their heart. Absolutely. It's the... That's the same kind of uh, place that I have gotten. I've had to come to. I don't see the joy and excitement, and 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 for me, I, I kind of cheated. One of my first people, because <laughs> uh, now I'm interested in hearing this. Because <laughs> one of the, one of the first people that I was able to, uh, I don't want to say turn around. That doesn't sound right. I, one of the first people that I was able to share the good news and have a good reaction to was my mom. Well, yeah. that, that's kind of cheating because my mom was going to be excited because I was excited, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, but that's why God put you in that situation. Right, exactly. It still, for me, on an emotional level, it still kind of felt like I cheated a little bit because <laughs> I didn't have to be bold. I didn't have to, you know, I just had to go, hey, mom, let's talk. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no fear. There was no there was no fear of rejection. There was no, mm-hmm. uh, this person's not going to get angry at me and blow up. There was, there was none of that kind of stuff. So in a way I kind of feel like my very first time that I did that, I, I, I cheated a little bit, but it also kind of, uh, put me in a place where oh, cool. She got excited and she, and, and honestly, I do believe she got saved because of it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, great, I can go out and do this. And I go out and do it with other people and I don't get that same reaction because oh, yeah. they're not, you know, there's no bond between us. There's mm-hmm. no, there's, there's no nothing. So it can be quite depressing. But the thing that I have to remember, I have to tell myself this a lot. And it's the same thing about what we were just talking about. God works in his time. Yeah. I might have to talk to this person today and I may not ever see the results. Yeah. I may not see the results for two, three years. I may not see the results for a decade. But I still have to go talk to that person because if I don't, then there mm-hmm. may not be any results, period, Yeah. Uh, for me to see or for, you know, um, or whatever. So it's, I, it, it can be, it can be, um, it can be quite quite nervous nerve you know you you, it can be anxiety inducing it can be it can be the thought of having to talk to somebody about this and 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 whatnot so i love it when there is a golden opportunity yeah i've only had a few of those where it's been things have been perfectly aligned um i went to a job i had applied for a job and i was going for my interview and the person who was interviewing after me um got there um, early enough that we were able to talk for about 
10 minutes or so. And, and uh, this person had just lost his, his mother. And I had lost my mother a year before, not, not even a year before. So we had, the, I call it a golden opportunity because I was right there with him. I knew exactly what he was going through. Mm-hmm. He was it, a perfect person in that spot at that time. Exactly. And it was, and even, and this is one of the first times in the moment I went, I'm supposed to be here right now. Uh-huh. And I was just talking to this guy and he was laying out all of his problems, uh, all the things that he had been going through. And, you know, he, he was trying to get back into the workforce. His mom had had a particularly bad um, illness and he, he had to actually give up his job to take care of her because it was actually cheaper to do that than to have to keep the job and pay for the nurse. And, and his situation was, it was just very unique. Um, but needless to say, his mom had passed and it had been, it had been about a month since she had passed. And so he, he was finally ready to, to get back out and get a job and now just work on building his life back up without her. And uh, he just had made a comment about at least he knows where she is um, and about how, you know, she was an angel in heaven and whatnot. And and part of me said, Brad, here's a moment where do I I don't want to I don't want to ruin his his vision mm-hmm. of his mother being an angel. But I also want to explain to him that that's not quite right. Mm-hmm. You know, so right. I, 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 I said to God in that moment, I said, God, help me explain truth in a way that won't that won't hurt him more. <laughs> right. And and uh I don't know I don't know how or why but I think I was able to. And he actually um uh they they called me to go into my interview and he uh before I before I could he he stood up and he's like hold on hold on and he he shook my hand. And uh you know he's he's like he, he's he's like you good luck. I I I really hope you get it and and whatnot and and I walked back into the interview and I nailed it. I absolutely nailed it. I, I was, um, uh, it just felt like that was one of my best ever. Uh huh. But then uh, at the end of it, they were so impressed. They were actually like, we want to actually invite you back for a, a different position. And I was like, okay, I'll come back to interview for a different position. And then I was, and I got to think about it. I was like, in that case, I only spoke with this man for ten minutes, but I highly recommend the next gentleman. Uh huh. Um, you know, just in the brief time, um, I, I and I explained to them that I had been in a position before where I I had hired people before, I had done interviews before, and I just explained that you know, um, the skills that I used to have interviewing, I felt like he was going to be a great fit for them. And and I left there, and I, I remember getting to the car and thinking, I was supposed to be there for that. Yeah, I was not supposed to be there to get that job. I was supposed to be there for that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. He, he may not have even got the job. I don't know. But um, still, just felt that was one of yeah. those perfect God wink moments. And that's just it. I mean, the Bible says, uh, the Apostle Paul said that um, said I plant, I've planted, Dorcas watered, Philemon picked. Not one person did all of it. We all have our part to play. You were there for that person in that man's life when he needed it. And had you not been, and had you not been faithful, then when it had, been, when it had come time for 
the next messenger that God sent to him, they wouldn't have had as much success or they wouldn't have had the opportunity or, or what have you. Um, like I said, Paul said, I planted the seed and then I left. You know, and he names Dorcas, one of uh, someone else, who uh, another person spreading the gospel at that time of the Acts of the Apostles, said he watered. So he kept nurturing that seed. He was in a position to, to nurture the seed that Paul had placed in them. And then that person wasn't involved. Philemon came in. He was able to see the fruit of the harvest and to see these lives changed. But it wasn't Philemon that was doing it. If it hadn't been for Paul planting the seed, if it hadn't been for Dorcas watering the seed, if it hadn't been for everyone being faithful to the part that God had called them to, the harvest would not have come to fruition. And uh, there's a friend of mine that I know who's, um, he's now a missionary in Mexico, and he is a native-born Mexican citizen. He's a, he's a, a nationalized United States citizen, but he goes back to Mexico, and his heart is just for them, and 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 just wants the burden to see you know the entire nation come to Jesus is amazing. But in his story, he was very much the the uh, factory worker who he uh, he tells a particular story about one small little man uh, saying just hadn't the bur- having the burden that wanted to tell him about Jesus. And finally, he just got to the point where he said, if you bring this up to me one more time, I'm going to meet you after work and I'm going to beat you up. And the guy kept going. And he did. He and his friends uh, found the person after work one day and beat him up. And he tells me to this day, he says, I don't know. He said, you know, we, we left. I left that job. I don't know where this person is now, but he said, that person is one of the reasons I came to Christ because he said his dedication and his devotion, his, he said, when he said, I don't care if you beat me up, basically, I've got to keep telling you about Jesus. It told me this guy's serious. There's something to the, it. It set a seed up in his heart that said, um, this, this person's really serious. There might be something to this. And eventually, he came to a salva- salvation knowledge in Jesus Christ. But that person who got beat up, I don't know that he knows to this day if it got through. You know, to him, it could be just a depressing turn of events that never, uh, never came to any fruit. I often think about how wonderful it would be to be in heaven and to meet all the people that you touched and connected with and you didn't even know it. Yeah. But it also, I worry about all the ones, you know, hey, my relationship could have been better or, hey, uh, you know, you were supposed to encourage me here or, you know. And you didn't. I, I worry about that as well. But uh, but just think about how it's a, it's a, um, simplified idea from a from a movie. There was a movie Paul put out just a couple years ago, and uh, I really liked it for a lot of reasons. It got the it got the heart of it right, even if it was not scripturally perfect. Um, but it yeah. did it did get the heart of Paul and Luke um, correct, I believe. Um, but at the end, um, they they suggested that the thorn mentioned in Paul's side was 
was the guilt he had uh, for uh, killing and hunting Christians before he uh, before he was transformed. Mm-hmm. And so throughout the throughout the the movie, um, occasionally. Uh, especially one little girl that you get the idea she, uh, she uh, her family was killed in front of her and then she was killed. He he's haunted by her, so you get the sense that that's the thorn. Um, he'll see her frequently and whatnot, and he's always he's always got this little bit of hesitation of what is it going to be like when he's in heaven, and he has to face them. Yeah, and I just. I just, uh, I, I love the ending of that movie. Um, Paul is killed, and you just see a shot of him standing in, a, in an open field, and here come all of these people, and uh, the, the ones that he had he had hunted and he persecuted, and here they come um, over this hill. And and you just see him, you just see him get bracing because he thinks they're going to come after him and, and do the same to him. And they all get close, and they all put their arms out um, to go in to embrace him and hug him. And you just see this look of disbelief on his face of, you know, I, I, I killed you. I hunted you. I was responsible for your death, yet you're, you know, they're, they're forgiving him. They're hugging him. And then um, he looks off, and on the hill, you see Yeshua starting to come down the hill, too. And it just ends there. And it was just like, I, I, you know, that we don't know what the thorn necessarily was that is mentioned um, a few times, but I just loved the idea of those were people that he didn't necessarily help. But when we're in heaven, we're, you know, there's none that there's forgiveness, there's love, there's, you know, I just, Mm -hmm. I just loved that, that ending of that movie. You know, and that's a good lead into my shout out today. And um, it's kind of a surprising one, even for me. But this person is just, for for whatever reason, just came to my heart this week. And I've been praying for him this week. And I just appreciate what he did for me. And that's Mel Gibson. And uh, now I'm not saying that what happened afterwards was right and, and, and... and everything's okay. No, he screwed up. Uh, we're all imperfect. As I've said about every one of my shout outs, you know, they're all imperfect. No one, no one has done everything correctly. But he's just been on my heart because he did, I, he's someone that I see who did try his best to, to give his heart's desire for, for giving an emotionally accurate piece on the Messiah. And I can look back and, and I can say, no, it wasn't historically perfect. It wasn't biblically perfect. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned that on this, this on the podcast before, but I mentioned it to other people. I Forgive me, I forget what I've said here because there's so many things I've said in my life. I forget who I say them all to. But... In the book, uh, The Final Quest by Rick Joyner, he explains going into the halls of God, the, seeing the treasures of God. And Brad, you know where I'm going with this. He sees a blue gem and he touches it. He's just filled with 
images of the glory of God, and he sees a green gem, and he touches it, and he's just filled with the images of the life of God, and how wonderful it is, and he sees a red stone, and he touches it, and he's immediately taken to the garden with Jesus, and he immediately pulls back because of the horror of what he's going through, the, the weeping of Jesus in the garden, and skipping ahead in the story, he eventually realizes that that is the most special treasure there. And he determines to go back and experience what he can of it. And by touching the red stone, he experiences Jesus weeping in the garden. He experiences the arrest. He experiences the trial. He experiences the, uh, the crucifixion. And he can't handle all of it. He, he has to back away uh, before it's all finished. And... I remember going to see the Passion of the Christ and coming back to my church, and a lot of people were nervous because they, they, they just don't trust anything coming out of Hollywood for good reason. And so a lot of people were just running to me. They knew I'd seen it. They said, what'd you think? What'd you think? Tell, you know. And I told them, I said, it's not biblically absolutely perfect, but emotionally, it is the closest I can think of that I could come to, to that redstone experience. And it just made me, it broke me. It just made me weep because seeing just a visceral image of what Jesus went through. I mean, what we, we kind of tend to think of it as he got punched in the face, he got smacked down. Yeah, we nailed him down and that hurt, but that was pretty much, you know, okay, he's dead. You know, I mean, we, think of it this way. If someone said, you know, I'm going to put a bullet in your head and end your life. That's bad. But if someone said, I'm going to first torture you mercilessly for 24 hours, painfully ripping pieces of your skin off, uh, you know, uh, disemboweling you, you know, making you bleed, make, putting, putting a torch to your side, making you burn. I mean, if people said, I'm going to make you hurt and suffer, then I'm going to kill you, you know, we'd be going, whoa, that's very different. And I think we've sanitized a lot of us, the death of Jesus as something where he just kind of went in, got smacked around a little bit, went to the cross, and that's it. And that, it just showed you in, in the, the, most, the most emotionally accurate way that I've seen so far of what Jesus actually went through. Um, again, I'm not saying uh, Mel Gibson is a perfect man. I'm not saying any of my shout-outs are perfect. But again, we're a nothing little nobody. I'm sure Mel Gibson isn't listening to us. But if you ever do, Mel Gibson, happen to hear this, I do thank you. I do thank you for... for opening my heart in a new way with that the the images and and what you put forward there and uh and it's you've just been on my heart lately as just just thank you and and someone to lift up and and i just i like everyone else that i've mentioned here as a shout out i you are on on my heart and in my prayers and i thank you First, um, I'm just momentarily amazed because I literally, I think just yesterday, uh, said to my wife, 
I I really wish Mel Gibson hadn't screwed up because I just miss him. I literally just said that yesterday, I think maybe the day before. So that's that's interesting. Um, but second of all, I totally I'm in total agreement. I I've seen that movie twice, and both times. Sometimes you see a movie and it gets easier, uh, you know, on repeat reviewings and whatnot. Yeah. But no, this one, it, it doesn't. Uh, it's, it's a very, I'm very emotional. What I appreciated about that movie too, besides actually experiencing the the devastation of, of what he went through, um, but it also painted a, a, uh, a before that in, in flashbacks and whatnot, it paints a picture of a, a Jesus who had a personality and had had a life, and I mean, there's a very very quick moment where um, was he washing his hands and he just kind of splashes splashes Mary. his mom, yeah. you know, He's just cleaning up after after doing some work, and yeah, showing her what he does, and yeah, and then he goes to kind of clean his hands and, and face, and he's just he's just you know it's just that teasing loving aspect of a, a son and a mom, and it's just it's just stuff like that that. Um, it helps me remember because it is so easy to fall into the trap of reading scripture and and then Jesus said, you know, if if you if I was hungry, you fed me. If mm-hmm. I, it's very easy to fall into just this. This is what was said, and there, you lose the emotion and the heart behind it. But these were all real people with real emotions, with uh, you know, real pain, real real lives i mean just yeah i think you're right it's easy to see you know we see oh jesus came as a man but he was still god mm-hmm. and we tend to think of jesus as being just aloof and perfect the whole time and not smiling and laughing and and having fun and caring and embracing and crying and hurting and we tend not to see that we think of him as regal and majestic and shakespearean and and Perfect. Yeah. And he was perfect in the fact that he was sinless, but he still, he still, if something was funny, he laughed. If something was sad, he cried. Mm -hmm. Scripture tells us this. (laughs) I mean, but when you just read Jesus wept, you don't get the full emotional response of what that means. Mm -hmm. If Jesus wept, then this was sad. This was pain this was you know so i appreciate um there's another show on right now uh i say show on but it's not really it's not like on television it was a a a crowdfunded um a crowdfunded project and it became the most successful crowdfunded project um ever at this point um, it made the most money and had the most response and whatnot, but it's called The Chosen, and it's a TV show from the perspective of those that were touched by Jesus. So, oh, wow. So it's, but it has, it has heart, it has emotion. The Jesus that, that is portrayed in, uh, that, that is on screen um, is very much a human you know he does he does stuff and there's a very powerful scene where he casts demons out of Mary and and it's just it, that was powerful but then in the next scene you know he's 
um, he's teasing some kids about, you know, uh, about he's teasing some uh, little boys that they should know scripture better than the little girl that's sitting in his class and whatnot. Like there's still, there's, there's still this human aspect of what's going on and it gets in hot water for it a couple times because, you know, the church says, no, 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 uh, Jesus wouldn't have done this and wouldn't have done that. Yeah, you're right. He, he may or may not have done this or done that, but the heart of it is he was a teacher Mm-hmm. You know, so he, he he very well could have. We don't know for sure, but if if uh, now we should have we should be able to know because I have personally seen archaic videotapes from that time <laughs> where we caught all of Jesus's life on film. Aren't exactly. you aware of this? Uh, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> and the, and then the very 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 early ones of Moses uh, up on the mountain. Oh yeah, I've I've definitely seen those too. Absolutely. Um, you know. Beautiful cinematography in those ones, let me right? Tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but uh, they got in real hot water because um, they had kind of a uh, I can't remember exactly uh, the the season finale ended, season one season finale ended, because um, I think I think Jesus said to his disciples something like, "Let's go cause some trouble," and then there was like a uh, there was a song that played that was kind of, and there's like the slow walk off, you know, uh-huh. that you see in movies where all of the disciples are kind of like, who is this guy? Like, you know, and they, and they start to follow him and you just see Jesus kind of give this little smile and, and they're going, they're going, they're heading towards Jerusalem. So, you know, they're going to go, you know, but the fact that he said, let's go cause some trouble really offended people and whatnot. But once again, you're not seeing the heart of it here. Well, Jesus said, <laughs> I I mean, it's it's red letters in the Bible. He said, I came to offend. Right. You know, which is just a modern way of saying, let's go cause some trouble. Yeah. You know, and, and he knew people would be upset. Mm-hmm. He knew the religious leaders would be upset. He didn't care. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no. Uh, I'm not, because I love you, I'm not going to let the lie stand. And I am going to give the truth, and it is going to tick people off. So I love, I mean, just you telling me that, I, I am appreciative of that line. Well, and, and I think a lot of people are offended, too, by the fact that it gives lives to his disciples. Uh, yeah. Stuff that is not mentioned in Scripture. Right, Right. We don't we, uh-huh. we don't necessarily know. We get it. They're filling in some gaps, but it's like you said. I think emotionally mm-hmm. um I'm invested and I think it's I think emotionally it's accurate. But also, I think it's 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 cool. The way it's shot, the way the that they did that ending and all that kind of stuff, it's cool, which in this day and age might just be the shocking thing that is needed to bring some people over and go, "What's what is this? What's going on?" Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I I appreciate it. So even though that wasn't meant to be a shout out, I'll, I'll shout out to um, the the chosen yeah. for for being a for being an interesting new uh, take on uh, what it would be like to encounter Jesus when he walked on the earth. Well, is that about a good time? Yeah, wrap this up. Yeah, we're hitting close to the hour mark again. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. I feel good then. Uh, I <laughs> chose that time to say that. I'm starting to get a more uh, better feel for these things. Um, so, uh, anything else to as we close? Want to wrap up with or 
any final parting thought? I'll just say that, you know what, 2020 is gone. 2021 is coming in. A lot of people are looking for hope. And, and I do, I, you know, I, I always hope, you know, no, regardless of what's coming, but I am a realist and I want to be aware of what Satan's plans are. Um, I always have hope because God is always greater. Uh, that doesn't mean I ignore the army marching my way just means I know I have a greater army on my side. But in this day that isn't even the real new year, it's not God's new year. (laughs) Uh, Let's hope for better things and be prepared for all things. I would just suggest that um, as I started in the prayer and at the beginning of the conversation that uh, God will frequently do a new thing. Every day he does a new thing. Yes. So in this new year, let's uh, let's follow that example and let's let's do a new thing as well. Amen. All right. And as always, this has been Scott, and this has been Brad, and this is not about us. <laughs>